Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Donut Racing Show, where we bring a yeehaw mindset to the ooh-la-la podium of Formula One racing. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, auto journalists who co-wrote a book on that Formula One and are currently in Texas, Elizabeth Blackstock. Hello, good morning. And Alanis King. Hi. You guys are always in Texas, but this time it's a different part of Texas that you're coming from. I'm excited. It's race car Texas. It's race car Texas. We are in the same room recording on the same microphone after the United States Grand Prix, which... It was a good race. It was a fun race. I was outside the whole time, and so, like, I I was just kind of vibing, you know? Like, the safety car was out, and I was like, oh, there's a safety car. And then Fernando Alonso was, like, doing wheelies, and I was like, oh, there's Fernando Alonso. It was certainly something. Yes. So, usually on the show, we talk about the news from the paddock. And though there were a few stories this week, like Haas's new title sponsor, MoneyGram, and that some pers- sounds legitimate. Yeah. yeah. Very cool <laughs> title. Moneygram. Moneytron. Money. Well, <clears throat> the thing is, is that it's so funny that at the U.S. Grand Prix, they announced Moneygram and it sounds like Moneytron. And like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, totally legitimate company. I'm like, yeah, but the name. <laughs> I have heard of Moneygram, so I think it's somewhat legit. Um, other news includes some uh, procedural changes following the ca- uh, chaotic Japanese Grand Prix. But this week, we're going to do something a little differently because Liz and Alanis were on the ground at the race. It is currently 6.39 a.m. in my apartment, and uh, I've never recorded anything this early. That's when my voice is a little groggy. Usually, I do my my vocal warm-ups, you know. Oh, do we do high school musical? <laughs> yeah. We got to do some. Do we usually do that? Yeah. Uh, I know you need unique New York. No, I'm kidding. I don't do those, but. Uh, it is very early. I'm I'm tired. This is weird, but I'm excited to, to talk. So let's get into it, guys. Let's hear about your uh, your your Grand Prix weekend. Well, when I got in the elevator this morning, Elizabeth showed me this massive road burn down her arm and said, "Jolian Palmer injured me," and I was like, "It's eight o'clock in the morning." This Jolian Palmer guy got, does yeah. one season for Renault, thinks he can. Thinks he can push Atlanta or Elizabeth down the stairs or something? What happened? So we had been out drinking. I was with the BBC crew of Jolene Palmer and Jack Nichols and Jenny Gao. And they decided that they were going to take scooters to their next location. Oh. I have never been on one. I had had a few drinks. I was like, oh whatever. I'm sure this is going to be totally fine. It wasn't fine. No. So I got this on my arm. I have something on my knee, my foot. We're, oh my uh, we're just rolling here. You almost became a statistic, Elizabeth, because those things, I, I read a UCLA study. <laughs> those scooters are like, those specifically, the electric scooters are the most dangerous form of public transportation. The most common injury on those is a broken collarbone. Like once those were introduced to the city of Los Angeles, like people, the rate of broken collarbones like spiked in this city because of those things. You know what? I I feel like I should probably go to a doctor. I'm like, 
but I, I'm fine. It's fine. It's, everything's fine. Okay. I personally, I feel like the most dangerous form of public transportation is riding around in a Honda Civic Type R with Checo. Um, oh, yes. You got to ride in the new Civic Type R with, with Checo. Yeah, I also got to drive it. So um, it's like the launch before the launch of the new Honda Civic Type R. And they gave us like six or seven laps at Harris Hill Raceway, which is kind of in the same general area as Circuit of the Americas. It's like 30 minutes from downtown Austin. So we go out to Harris Hill on Thursday and um, they have all these Type R's out there and they have Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. And they're like, yeah, you're going to get in there and do some hot laps and you're going to get one or the other. And so I get Max. I'm assigned to Max and I get in the car with Max and I'm like, hey, Max, um, are y'all allowed to race? Because they were staggering them, right? So like Max would go and then they'd wait 20 seconds and they would tell Checo to go. And he was like, no, I don't think so. But I'll slow down and let him catch up and pass me. <laughs> <laughs> and so Max just like stomps the brakes and like sits on the track for a few seconds and lets Checo catch up so that they can race. And then we get out and I'm like, all right, I'm done. And one of the Honda reps says, you wanted to interview Checo, right? And I'm like, totally. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to put you in a hot lap with Checo and you can interview him while he's driving. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I get in the car and I go, okay, they told me I have to interview you while we're driving. And he's basically not at all. He does not want to do any interviews. He is like, look in my eyes. And I'm like, all righty. And we end up doing the too fast, too furious thing I was just for, about to say. Um, for two laps around this racetrack. He's like, look at my eyes, look at my eyes. I mean, he's looking at the racetrack, but he is holding a pretty steady stare with me here. And I'm like, Checo, I think you should be like a little more concentrated. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Cause he's done like 30 laps on this track by now. And you know, we, we, get a few minutes into it and I feel some strange ground underneath us. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like the racetrack. And I look out in front of us and we're in the dirt. And I'm like, Jekko, I think that's what happens when you stare at each other. And he's like, we're fine. We're fine. And he drives back on the track and we just finish our hot lap. And I'm like, what just happened here? My guy, we had the time of our lives. We had so much fun and I get out. And I go, Jekko, you just made me stare in your eyes for five minutes straight. So now you have to do what I say. And he's like, all right, what do, what do you say? Like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, on a scale from one to 10, how attractive is this man, Chris Angel? And I show him my phone and he's like, he's pretty cute, seven. And I was like, all right, sweet, thanks. And he's like, no problem. And he walks off. It was amazing. He was like, okay, that was interesting. He had the time of his life, Nolan, because then so we get in this like press conference thing, right? It's like a little it's like a little private press conference where uh -huh. all the people at the type R thing uh, can ask him questions. And um, one of my pals at Honda, he's leading the press conference and he's like, everyone's super quiet today. I know Alanis has a question because <laughs> last year at literally the same thing, I asked Pierre Gasly to rate Chris Angel and it was a whole thing. And so I'm like, all right, you asked for it. Uh, you asked for a scene. So I get up there and I pull up this picture and I'm like, Max, <laughs> I have a question for you. <laughs> and Max is like, 
bewildered. He is shocked. He's like, what is happening? I literally just won a world championship and like, this is happening. And Max is like, you know, like he's good looking, but what if he opens his mouth and bad things come out? Like, what if he has a terrible personality? It's not all about <laughs> looks. And Checo is sitting over there. Checo is fully on the Chris Angel train by now. Like, he's on board. And Max ultimately decided on good looking, but I cannot give him a number unless wow. I know his personality. Wow. Wow. And I'm like, you know what, Max? I respect it. Yeah. I respect that. What a mature answer. Max is low-key pretty funny. He's a good sport, and it was really funny that this happened. And then right after that, I heard, oh, yeah, Alanis, uh, we we got this in, like, the donut group chat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no way, no. That's where I saw it. It showed up in the in the donut uh, slack there. Um, any other highlights from the weekend? I, I imagine being at the race and watching a race from the crowd like you guys did is a lot different than watching it on TV. So I was in the media center mostly, uh, but even that, like the ambiance of watching with a group of people in the very quiet media center because they don't let you listen to commentary or anything, it's just occasionally some driver radio. It's so much fun. Like you can hear the crowd outside hooting and hollering when things happen. We were like a little bit ahead of the broadcast. Uh So it was, it was really funny to like, I knew things were happening, but you can't tweet about them yet. You got to just sit on them. I was texting my husband like updates and I was like, you're not going to believe what just happened. Oh, Oh, that's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also, well, I mean, on, on Wednesday, Pierre Gasly and Yuki Sonoda came and played ping pong with us at the type bar thing. And I played ping pong with Pierre Gasly and I have no depth perception because I think my vision in my left eye is getting like way worse. So anyway, I can't see where this ping pong ball is, but I'm trying to hit it. And Pierre is like, oh my God, like this woman is really bad at ping pong. And I'm like, Pierre, I have the wrong prescription contacts in. (laughs) And he's like, oh, that's it. Like, you're not actually that bad. Like, it's just your contacts. And I'm like, yeah, totally, Pierre. Uh, That's 100% it. And then me and Elizabeth uh, had Valtteri and... And joke on you on Friday, I think we were talking mm-hmm. to him. We each got a ride in a van with them. I got a ride in a van to an appearance with them and she rode back. Sweet. It was very interesting. So we we were trying to get this interview sorted out uh, for a while. And this is basically like the ride to and from the paddock was the extent of the interview that we got with them, which is a pretty good like illustration of exactly how busy these drivers are. It was a little hectic. Uh, They went out to do this appearance at a Alfa Romeo hospitality tent out by turn 19. And as they were leaving, they got so swamped by fans. There was no security there. Uh, And like one person ran up to get a selfie. And then suddenly there were like 100 people. Uh, It was it was chaos. This whole time she's walking with them. They're getting swarmed. People are trying to take selfies. And this ride that me and Elizabeth rode last year, this giant carnival ride that is huge and swings people around in giant circles. And it's actually like the worst thing I've ever done in my life. It's going. And these people are just like swinging in circles by Elizabeth and the two Alfa Romeo drivers. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it was so surreal. Like it was just the weirdest experience I think I've ever had. But 
I'm never going to forget it because, like, when does that ever happen? Yeah. And then me, uh, I had the ride out there. So I, I started with Valtteri. And then I then I talked to both of them after I finished talking to Valtteri. And so I'm walking through the paddock with Valtteri. And all of these people are swarming him. Like, Valtteri, selfie, Valtteri, selfie. There are all these cameras, all these video cameras, all these, like, photo cameras. And I'm just walking through trying to talk to this man. And I don't know, like... I don't know what the bar is. I don't know how often they stop people from taking selfies with him. I have no idea. So I'm just trying to talk to him without like being obtrusive to the selfie people. And then I get to the Alfa Romeo hospitality and this poor woman comes up to me. I feel so bad for her. Um, she comes up to me and she's like, ma'am, um, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but you have two holes in your pants. Like I, I can see your butt. And I'm like, honey, it's okay. That doesn't bother me. And she's like so embarrassed. Like she's so upset that I have these holes in my pants and I'm like, that's okay. And so I'm like, do you have a Sharpie? Like, is there a Sharpie nearby? (laughs) And we can color on my butt with a Sharpie. And then like the pants are black. And if we color my butt, it should be fine. (laughs) So she runs off and she tries to find a Sharpie. She comes back with a Sharpie and I just met this woman. She's, she's so upset about these holes in my pants. She feels so bad. And, you know, five seconds later, we're standing in the corner of the Alfa Romeo pad of the Alfa Romeo hospitality and she's coloring on my butt with a Sharpie. Um, (laughs) and it was really, really funny. And then I find out like 10 minutes later, this was Valtteri and Joe Ganyu's autograph Sharpie that we had been given to color on my butt. And I'm like, you know, about like 15 minutes ago, this Sharpie just made someone's <laughs> life. And now I'm standing here in a corner coloring on my butt with it. And I have it in my backpack because what an important Sharpie, honestly. If that Sharpie could talk, the stories <laughs> it would tell. So yeah, it, I think it's really poetic that I was walking through the F1 paddock with Valtteri, the king of taking off his pants and posting photos of his butt with two holes in the butt of my pants. Very like, appropriate. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> we had an interesting weekend. Great weekend. Speaking of, we talked about your guys' race weekend. Let's talk about the race itself. Let's get into it. It's time to lace up those walking shoes and look at our step counter because it's time for our track walk. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot 
The Circuit of the Americas is one of the newer races on the calendar. F1 first raced at the circuit in 2012, 10 years ago, for the first U.S. Grand Prix since the 2007 race in Indianapolis. All I know from that is that I am old. Anyway, the 56-lap track runs about 3.4 miles. It's a mix of tight technical corners and wide uphill runs, and code is often compared to tracks like Silverstone or Suzuka. The circuit is set on 1,500 acres just outside downtown Austin. And aside from Formula One, MotoGP and NASCAR hold events here. It's also previously hosted Australian V8 Supercars, Rallycross, the X Games, the IndyCar Classic, and the American Le Mans series. It's also very bumpy and needs to be resurfaced. Yeah. Are they going to do that soon? Well, I mean, I think it needs to be resurfaced regularly because the unfortunate thing about modern motorsports is that when Formula One and MotoGP share tracks, the Formula One cars ripple the surface from their downforce, and then MotoGP gets to the track and they're like, uh, <laughs> and then MotoGP gets mad, and then Formula One's like, oh yeah, it's bumpy, and then they repave it every year, and it's like, oh my, this is not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, apparently... Uh- Circuit of the Americas is built on not not like a uh, solid like dirt foundation. It's built on a lot of clay, so that's why the ripples happen. That's why it needs to be resurfaced pretty often. Sounds like they should have done like a ecological survey to discover that. There's a very short short oval out here in uh, California, Irwindale. It's where uh, Formula Drift has their championship round. Every year, it's there's like a rumor that the track is going to be bought and closed, and a mall is going to be built there. And actually, one like two years ago, it almost happened, but they discovered that Irwindale is built on very like loose soil, and if there's an earthquake, any sort of mall would kind of sink into the ground. So um, sometimes it helps a racetrack. Sometimes bad soil conditions help a racetrack, like Irwindale. Sometimes it does not, like Circuit of the Americas. Uh, now, enough of soil talk. All right, that is our track walk. Let's get some context of the season going into the U.S. Grand Prix. How about you, Nolan? All right. Well, Red Bull's Max Verstappen was declared the driver's champion in his second controversial title uh, win last race weekend, which we talked about a bit in our last episode. Meanwhile, his teammate Sergio Perez is in second place, leading Ferrari's Charles Leclerc by a single point. And yes, I'm still calling him Leclerc. Leclerc. Well... Max's team, Red Bull, was poised to win the Constructors' Championship in Austin unless they messed up big time, and that is not likely. They're also still facing some backlash from the cost cap controversy. We've also talked about this a lot, but the ongoing battles at this point in the season are between Alpine and McLaren in fourth and fifth in the Constructors' Championship, respectively. Going into the weekend, Alpine was leading McLaren by only 13 points, Meanwhile, Alfa Romeo is leading Aston Martin by only seven points, and this is the battle for sixth place in the Constructors. Down in eighth are Haas and Alfa Tauri, both tied Dang. in eighth place. Wah, wah, wah. That's pretty Haas bad is, for Alfa Tauri. Come on, man. That's pretty bad for Alfa Tauri, but also just sad for Haas. Qualifying saw Carlos Sainz take pole position for the second time in his career. Uh, he was followed by Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen there in third place. Leclerc was penalized 10 grid places for use of an additional power unit that pulled Verstappen up to second place for the start. Fernando Alonso, Sergio Perez, and Joe Guan Yu were penalized five grid places for the same reasons, and this made for a pretty interesting start grid. So the first three grid places after these penalties were applied were Carlos Sainz, Max Verstappen, and Lewis Hamilton. 
And although uh, Leclerc qualified in second, he started in 12th place. And I think the saddest part of qualifying is that Daniel Ricardo and both Haas cars were out in Q1, and I just feel like they're they're really holding the flag here for America, and the flag did not make it past Q1, and that was very, very sad. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Daniel's really holding on to hope that he'll be a reserve driver for some top-tier team. I, dude. I don't know, it's man. the saddest timeline. There is like everything about Daniel Ricardo this weekend was just sad, aside from the fact that he rode a horse in the paddock, which was perhaps faster than his car this weekend. <laughs> I just I'm sitting I'm sitting in turn 13 and I see Lando running around in seventh or whatever. And he's like battling in the points. And then, you know, like five minutes later, here comes Daniel. And it's just like. <laughs> and he's just like kind of just like puttering by and i'm like oh my god daniel no i think daniel ricardo is an excellent lesson for our listeners in confidence and the way people perceive you like you mentioned he showed up on a horse and like you can only show up on a horse like i saw someone's tweet yesterday i think it was matt from uh, wtf1 like you can't show up on a horse and then finish that low but i'm thinking <laughs> yes you can People yeah, still yeah. love. That's actually the best way to finish that low. You came, you saw, you conquered, and then you lost. People love Daniel for this kind of stuff. And it's all about like controlling the perception that people have about you, you know? Like two Daniels exist at the same time. You've got the super swaggy Daniel who doesn't care, shows up on horses, where and, you then, know, we've got, and then we've got Yeah, like, we've got we've got putt putt Daniel too. So like <laughs> putt-putt and Daniel. people choose to venerate this the swaggy daniel right like it's all about perception and i think that's something that uh our listeners can uh put in their back pocket there you know show up on a horse to work but this also applies to the uh the situation you know people kind of give him like me just now kind of ribbon him for not like choosing a smaller team to drive for but it's like okay if you're a reserve driver or for a top team people are still might think of higher of you than if he went down to haas you know if he goes down to williams or haas there's probably not a lot of like upward mobility from that. You know? Well, I mean, I think we're in this like weird timeline where Nico Hulkenberg is now like the guy because he's been a he's been off the grid for a while and he's actually on the same hotel floor as me. So I hope he's not out there. Sorry, Nico. Um, you know, Nico Hulkenberg, he just kind of came out and ran his races when he was in Formula One. And now that he's not actively driving, people are like, this man needs to be on the grid. And yes. I'm like, y'all were not saying that when he was on the grid. Sorry, Nico. I know you're probably in the hallway. Um, <laughs> well, Nico is a guy that you would root for to get that podium finally. But like otherwise. And he never did. Yeah, he didn't do it. He never got that podium. I think people just want him to have the chance to get that podium and then once Me that happens, too. people probably would not really make as much noise about him, I think. Listen, I want a podium, too, but you have to, like, <laughs> get one, okay? Like, he had a lot of chances. That is true. <laughs> uh, yeah, Force India was, like, pretty good for a while. Mm-hmm. Or they were decent. There were some chances and there. He, like, and he would, like, log on the internet and, like, make jokes about how he's, like, allergic to pink. And I'm like, I'm so sorry you're driving a pink Formula One car. Like... Oh, you Sorry. mean when that team was at its most likable? 
Yeah. yeah. And do you remember this? Do you remember yeah. this specific? Elizabeth remembers this remember tweet. This. He was like, ew, I can't believe I'm wearing pink. And it's like, that's why you're not on the podium. Uh, that's it. That kind of attitude. Yeah, that's a whack <laughs> mindset. Dude, Lewis showed up to the race this weekend wearing like pink camouflage or something. As always. Yeah. And you know, I would say the most bizarre thing about Lewis Hamilton is that man will show up to a track when it is as hot as can be outside. And that man will be wearing like a parka. Full and, I'm denim. Like, and I'm like, do rich people not sweat? Like, what is the no, deal they get here? Them, they get the glands removed. It's a very expensive procedure. Anyway. Let's talk about the race. The uh, big and unsurprising news of this race was that Red Bull won their first World Constructors Championship since 2013. Uh, they dedicated it to the company, Red Bull company founder and team owner, Dietrich Mateschitz, who died the day before. I, I remember we talked about this guy on the uh, uh, Red Bull Up to Speed episode that we did a while back. Uh, very sad for the team. Only 78, I think. Not super old. He wasn't terribly old. And it's it's kind of sad because he he's had such a huge impact, not only like in energy drinks, but also in just Formula One generally. Um, Red Bull appeared and took basically took over the championship for many years and you know have been a top three contender ever since yeah pretty amazing achievement for sure we talk a lot about red bull in the book the racing with rich energy because rich energy entered formula one to compete with red bull and red bull had been in formula one they bought the team in i think 2004 they bought a track in like 2005 like they have a lot of investment in Formula One, and you just can't come in and upstage them right away. Yeah. It was is a very interesting, very interesting juxtaposition, and we talk a lot about that in our book because yeah, Red Bull's been in Formula One for like many, 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 many years. Racing with, with rich energy. Dogs. Order the book now. <laughs> Um, Carlos Sainz got the pole during qualifying, but uh, as soon as this race started. He spun right out. Um, he made contact with George Russell More in like turn con- one. Russell made contact with him. R- yeah, me. that's actually so true. I got. I I should have put them backwards in that sentence. Um, I was walking to my viewing area when this happened, and all I heard was the crowd just go wild. And then someone goes, "Sign spun, sign spun," and I'm like. Oh no, are you serious? Like already y'all just started this race. Come on. Um and then I get into where I'm at and I see this replay and I'm like, "Oh, wow. Um ouch, George." And after the race, um George apologized uh for <laughs> He apologized for it. Um I where's my notes? I, I put a note. Hold on. Elizabeth's computer isn't showing my notes. Um so George after the race said Firstly, apologize to him. Like I, I screwed up, and I went up. I went up to him after the race and said sorry. And I was expecting him to do this, but he did something else because humans aren't predictable, and he wrecked. Ouch! How sad. <laughs> yeah, the exact quote. I was expecting him to try to go around the outside of Max rather than the cutback, and by that point, I'd already committed, and it was kind of inevitable that I was going to make contact. I just went to see him and apologized for that. You know, watching that race replay, I don't know, I think George was a little late on the brakes there and really went for a line that probably wasn't going to be there. 
Uh, but you know what? It's easy to judge these drivers uh, when you're not in the cockpit. Lord knows I've done many a move like that in the iRacing servers, and I apologize to everyone. Well, everyone was turning, and George was kind of just like going straight. He was going very so. straight. Yes. He was going very straight. He didn't quite turn. But meanwhile, um, Charlotte Claire goes from 12th to 7th real quick. Um, by lap 30, he overtook Sergio Perez for third. The other DNFs at this race were Valtteri Bottas, who said that he lost the back of his car and wound up in the gravel. Uh, and Lance Stroll, who collided with Fernando Alonso following a safety car restart uh, after Bottas landed in the gravel. That was certainly a wreck that happened yeah that was one of the i think a contender for uh one of the craziest uh collisions of the rate of the season so far i think yeah Yeah. so uh alonzo was uh, attempting to pass lance stroll lance moved a little bit um and alonzo went right up his rear tire and did quite a did quite a, a long way on just two wheels oh yeah um that was a terrifying accident i remember actually like walking in like walking over to a tv to see what happened because i saw the safety car going around and i'm like oh there's a safety car what's going on and i walk up to the tv and i just see fernando alonso like front wheels in the air just like you know just going on two wheels and i'm like what is happening yeah it was quite scary uh yeah alonso like you said went for a pass on the left side of the car stroll Almost lets him by, but then like janks the wheel a little bit to the left. Uh, like you said, causing that collision. And you can see the moment in the replay. You know, the front of the car lifts up and it, it almost looks like it's going to come back down, but then the air gets pushed underneath that flat bottom and mm-hmm. keeps that wheelie going for a little bit longer. And I mean, at that point, that must have been so scary. Um, you know, Alonso gets you're on the brakes. Passenger. Yeah. I mean, you're not in control anymore, obviously, because your front wheels are in the air. You can't steer. Ah, that was crazy. But what's even crazier is that after Fernando made his way back to the pits, they gave him some new tires and he went back out there with the same car. Same car somehow. Yeah. And he he managed to wheel that bad boy home in seventh place. Amazing. Which is honestly stunning. Um, I I thought he was going to be done for sure. Uh, but he was unfortunately penalized after the race. He was given a 30-second penalty um, for a very ridiculous reason, in my opinion. Um, His right-hand mirror was shaking and wobbly for multiple laps. Uh, No one, he never received any indication that this was going to be a problem. It was still attached to the car, was probably going to fall off, but no one told him he had to pit and have it removed or anything. Um, and then after after the race, the FIA decided that actually it was bad. It was bad news bears that he was driving around with this wobbly mirror. So we're going to penalize him. Even though no one said anything, no one forced him to come to the pits. Listen, I see a lot of Camrys and Altimas and Sentras driving around with floppy mirrors. <laughs> and I don't know why Fernando Alonso isn't also allowed to do that. I find that rude. I think it's a double standard. My, My man's out here doing his thing. <laughs> My girlfriend, she had, a, she had a Sentra that had a wobbly mirror that was all messed up. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. I, I pinned that one just right, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I did. That's hilarious. Um, 
So when asked for his thoughts on uh, the whole thing, Lance Stroll said, I looked at it. I mean, first of all, I think it's a shame we were having a good race. I left him plenty of room on the left. Yeah. It was a big difference in speed. I was kind of judging where he was behind me, and I moved based on where I thought he was behind me. But he got really close to me, and we just made contact, so it's frustrating. Getting a lot of sense of, like, um, I thought he was going to do this, but then he did this from this race. Well, and I'm like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be predicting behavior, boys. Yeah, Lance did leave him plenty of room until Lance turned the wheel and gave him less room. <laughs> It do be like that, you know, like it, it is like that sometimes. Lance, Lance, Lance. Another one of the most exciting parts of the race was the face off in the uh, final laps between last year's rivals, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Max handily led most of the race with Hamilton behind him in second place. But a slow pit stop, thanks to a left front wheel gun, a faulty wheel gun at that, uh, with about 20 laps to go, dropped Verstappen back down to fifth place um yeah the the gun wasn't registering the correct amount of torque to that wheel so uh they had to switch out the gun real fast costing verstappen about uh, probably 15 seconds uh, allowing hamilton to pass him super tense battle this was super fun to watch i thought lewis was gonna was gonna pull it out but max was on the grippier medium tires while lewis is on the the harder hard tires um that is so right nolan i've never heard a better description um, for uh, tires yeah. than that yeah i thought the mediums were gonna fall off in like the final five laps but unfortunately with six laps to go verstappen passes lewis and max is able to secure his 13th race win of the season equal to the record for the most wins in a season set by michael schumacher and sebastian vettel with three races to go, mind you. So that record isn't looking too safe. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Lewis hasn't won a single race this season. Sadly, we thought this was going to be the one, folks. Um, I really, I thought this was going to be the one. Yeah. I was like, man, this could be it. But then I saw Max getting closer and I was like, no, this is not going to be it. Like, I have seen this before and I will see this again in about five minutes. Um, uh, yeah. Brazil might it might happen in Brazil. Brazil is always magical for Lewis. It's also magical for for Max as well. But the the track it's a shorter track over there in Brazil with less super long straights. So maybe we'll see it happen then. You uh, know what would be magical for Lewis if Max got lost in the middle of the ocean for about a week and <laughs> did not come to the race. Um, and then he showed up a little later and was like, "Whoops, sorry, I missed the race." That would be magical for Lewis. Oh, I actually, uh, I got a fun fact from one of the people at the race, and I have to make sure it is real. While Alanis is looking up that fun fact, uh, Liz, did you uh, sample any uh, Circuit of the Americas food during the race? What's the food like over there? So I had a lot of the media center food, which was like, that's really good. Um, the whole weekend, they had this little warming station with bags of popcorn in it and i wanted it so bad like i could smell it all weekend and every time i went to go get it there was nothing left until after the race when everyone was busy i finally got it like it was the perfect end to the weekend it was worth the wait um and i watched a lot of a lot of people eat those giant like turkey legs uh that's just i just like to observe people doing that because there's no delicate fun way to do that 
I'm trying to find confirmation of this, but it says on his Wikipedia page that Valtteri served in the army briefly, which is mandatory for adult males in Finland. His military rank is Lance Corporal. Lance Corporal. Like Lance Stroll, but Corporal instead. All right. Well, uh, with the race over, the top three were Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton in second, and Charles Leclerc in third, with the driver of the day being Sebastian Vettel. You know, I would. I think I was trying to vote for Fernando Alonso in that, but uh, yeah, Vettel. Uh, like Verstappen, Vettel also had a slow pit stop, and by turn 19 on the final lap, he overtook Kevin Magnussen in a very fun battle that I'm glad was broadcast for eighth place. Again, your DNFs did not finishes include Carlos Sainz, Valtteri Bottas, and Lance Stroll. And uh, this is from F1.com. George Russell scored an additional point for setting the fastest lap of the race. Gasly received a 10-second time. Wait a minute. Is there a Pokemon named Gasly? Gasly. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're so right. He should get yeah. a tattoo. Okay. Uh, Pierre, yeah, received a 10-second time penalty for not serving a safety car infringement penalty correctly. They're really bringing the hammer down on Pierre. Do we think Pierre knows what Pokemon is? Oh, for sure. He has to be. He has yeah. to. Yeah. Right? Like, he... I don't know though. Like no, he's he's a Pokemon guy. He's not he's not like a he's not like a Digimon. Do you think or, Gastly is his favorite Pokemon, or that'd do you be a think little he has too on the nose? I think he's probably just like a basic like Gyarados kind of guy, like me. I bet I bet he likes the little fire dragon. Um, what's the little fire oh, Charmander? dragon? Charmander. Charmander. I bet he's a little Charmander guy. No, because he was afraid of like saying that Chris Angel was cute, so he's probably like, no, I don't like Charmander, but I do like Charizard. You know what I mean? Oh, Charizard is another one. Yeah. Oh, I look, look, I was a Yu-Gi-Oh kid. I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh adult. I'm wearing a Yu-Gi-Oh shirt right now. Um, <laughs> I am. It's true. I know. Um, I don't know anything about Pokemon, but, you know, maybe Pierre Gasly doesn't either. Who is everyone's Pokemon before? I don't have a Pokemon. I need to know. Nolan, who's uh, your Pokemon? I, like I said, Gyarados is my favorite. And my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh card, Alanis, is Relinquishment relinquished yeah yeah relinquished is good um speaking of i don't know not pokemon speaking of formula one which is apparently what this is about um latifi got a five second penalty for forcing another driver off the track um and mick schumacher got a five second time penalty for exceeding track limits i met someone on um saturday who said they went to the home depot event with nicholas latifi and alex albon what? i think i think latifi yeah you didn't know about this no, no. One? williams had an event at the pflugerville home depot and people went because it was such a meme it was so funny and it was a duracell event and uh, so one of the people who came to our book meetup said i went to the event and i bought a pack of duracells and i had alex albon sign the duracell that's kind of fun i like that it was great Dang, they're making these like these. If you're on a lower level F1 team, it's like you're on an Arca team or something, or an Xfinity team doing like. Look. In like, in like 2015, Williams was big enough to at least do a showing in a mall. Yeah, yeah. Like they at least went to a store that in a mall. Crazy dude. This is the Home Depot parking lot. Not even in Austin. In Pflugerville. Pflugerville. It's called Pflugerville. You know, no disrespect to Pflugerville. Go Cougars. Uh, that's what I'm assuming. Uh, you know, the, the I think the new is. tagline for Formula One should be from Monaco to Pflugerville. Oh, my God. Poor, wow. <laughs> from well, Monaco to Pflugerville, we travel <laughs> the world. Crazy, dude. 
a Home Depot in Pflugerville. Oh my I god! I photoshopped. In case anyone would like to just envision this, I photoshopped Nicholas Latifi on top of a riding lawnmower at Home Depot, just because that was that was my dream. So that, I posted that on Twitter or something. Yeah. I want our non-Texan audience members to uh, guess which letter Pflugerville starts with. Uh, just have it in oh, your head yeah, right good now. Luck. Have it in your head. Three, two, one. It starts with a P, guys. Yeah. Pflugerville <laughs> starts with a P. Pflugerville. What the? Yeah, hell, wow. Man. Okay, anyway. Welcome to Texas. Let's get into our recurring segment, one of my favorite segments. It's Boyfriend of the Week, everybody. <laughs> where we acknowledge who is the best. It can be anybody. It can be a driver. It can be a car. It can be a moment. A Redditor. Uh, even you, dear listener. Who's good enough to be our boyfriend? Remember, this is middle school rules. We're just picking for this week only. So no husbands, just boyfriends. Uh, Alanis, how about you start wow. us off? Let me just acknowledge that so many people tweeted me and messaged me this week um, talking about boyfriend of the week and naming me their boyfriend of the week for asking Checo and Max about Chris Angel. <laughs> Thank you all so much. I love you. My boyfriend of the week is Checo uh, because we were on track at Harris Hill and this man would not let me look away from his eyes. And I told him it felt like we were at prom and, you know, who else to take to prom than my boyfriend of the week? Thank you, Checo. I'll go. Uh, my boyfriend of the week is the the tire gun that did not work correctly on Max's <laughs> car. Um, you know, it really gave us an interesting race for about <laughs> twenty laps or so. You know, I thought it yeah. was going to be. It, it made it super interesting. Otherwise, it would, Max would have just completely walked away with the win. Luckily, he had to work for it a little bit. It was a great battle there. When Max finally did pass Lewis, they had a little back and forth. It was awesome. So, thank you, Gun, for not working. My my boyfriend of the week is Fernando Alonso's floppy mirror. <laughs> uh, literally, like I was in the media center watching this thing w- waggle in the wind. Waggle, and I I was just like laughing. Like I don't know why it was so funny to me, but I was like, this thing, it's it just comical. It is just comical. Uh, I was like hoping and praying and waiting for it to let go, and when it finally did, it was the most satisfying moment of my life. Thank you. <laughs> it's like those it's like those videos. They put like satisfying videos online where they're like mm-hmm. cutting sand and stuff like that. It's like you're watching this this mirror just flop and you're like it's going to come off. It's going to come off. It's amazing. It's amazing it when it finally it really happens. Mm. And with that, thank you for listening to the Donut Racing show. If you liked the episode, please subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell people you don't even know, and leave us a review. We might even read that review on air. Here's one from Matthew in C. I really enjoyed this podcast. It's a different feel from the other F1 podcasts I enjoy. A bit irreverent, like WTF1, but with an American perspective. It's not for everyone, but if you, right, find the official, if you find the official F1 podcasts, such as Beyond the Grid or F1 Nation Stuffy, try this That's one. right. We're not for everybody. We're two we Texans and a Californian. Everybody. That's right. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Thank you so much, Matthew. Um, next episode, we will be covering the race in... Mexico City. Will Checo take the win in his home country? Hopefully he's looking at the track. Um, (laughs) Will it be just as dramatic without a championship at stake? Who knows? Maybe Max won't show up. Will Max show up and beat the long-held joint record by Michael Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel? And who's going to win the best of the rest? Probably whoever keeps Max from showing up. (laughs) 
Hey, if you're not familiar with Donut, if you've never heard of Donut Media, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, we just hit 7 million subscribers. So uh, go That's ahead. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, we also Be have 7 a, million in one. Yeah, hey. Wow. Uh, we have uh, another automotive history podcast called Past Gas. So check both of those out if you haven't already. Follow DRS Donut Racing Show on Twitter at Donut Racing Show. Follow Alanis at Alanis N. King on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Elizabeth at Eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Eliza Blackstock on Instagram. Just search Elizabeth Blackstock. She'll come up. And follow me at Nolan J. Sykes on both. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time. Except maybe Max, if he doesn't show up. Bye. (laughs) 